Hello, everyone, and inside today's episode of Locked on Canadians, I am recapping the Habs 5-1 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs to start off their last week of preseason hockey. We're going to talk a little about Justin Barron and Arbor Jackye and young defensemen, and also some potential trades that might interest Kent Hughes and the Montreal Canadiens. All that and more inside today's show. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 698 of Locked On Canadians. As you know, we are your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, available wherever you get your daily podcasts, Google, Apple, Spotify, and also on YouTube. Just search Locked On Canadians, and you will find uh, both our shining faces on most days. But as uh, I said on Monday's episode, it is just I, Scott Matla, hosting Locked On Canadians this week. Uh, Laura is away on business, so I have been given free reign over this show, which is Quite frankly, terrifying to a lot of people, I am sure. But we have a lot to get into today. Uh, the, the final week of preseason games kicked off. We are closing in on just a week away from opening night when the Canadians take on the Toronto Maple Leafs at the Bell Centre on October 12th at 7 p.m. Going into this game, the Leafs iced a good chunk of their regular NHL roster at this point. They had Austin Matthews. They had Mitch Marner. They had William Neeland in the lineup. They had Michael Bunting in the lineup. They had Morgan Riley in the lineup. They had Mark Giordano in the lineup. They iced an A-plus lineup in this game, and the Canadians did not, for the most part, ice an A-plus lineup in this game. Uh, there's still that AHL lineup, Brandon Jignac, Alex Belzeal, and Xavier Simino hanging around. Uh, Madison Bowie gets his first game as in a Canadian's uniform on the third pair with Corey Schooneman. Uh, and I didn't expect the Canadians to truly win this game. I looked at, you know, I just looked at these lineups and it was just not a thing that was going to happen. It didn't make sense for this to be a game that was going to happen the way that we had hoped. And it started out as we expected Toronto kind of ran Montreal's show. And especially on the power play when they have Matthews and Marner and Nylander and Bunting and their a plus unit out there. And the Canadians' penalty kill is Arbor Jackye, Justin Barron, and more on them in a little while, with Alex Belziel and Brandon Jignac leading the way. That's not a recipe for success. That's not a thing that's going to lead to success here. And I get that they don't want to rush everybody into these games, but we're down to three preseason games left at this point. And at this point, you need to get your lineups together. I don't think playing Alex Belzeal and Brandon Jignac is going to yield any incredible results at this moment here. Uh, oh, and I'm also forgetting, uh, Sean Monaghan makes his Montreal Canadiens debut, uh, suiting up on the second line here, and I, I will touch on him in one second. But this is a game that was, Toronto was finishing their opportunities because they have those high-end, absolutely dynamite players to do so. And the Canadians fought hard. They looked like they had chances once they got down three, nothing. And yes, that's probably Toronto just kind of taking it easy. It is the preseason after all the Canadians came in and they started trying to make high skill plays. 
passes going to and from uh, the slot there. And every single time that they made a very good step forward and a good play going forward, they always passed it one too many times or tried to force it again when it wasn't there. Evgeny Dodonov for me is someone that I liked a lot of what he brought to the ice tonight, but he's almost overthinking it a little bit. He is, he's the, he's almost borking the play in that he's in this position. It's right there. And then just happenstances. It bounces off his stick. It bounces away from the pass. He's trying to make, he overpasses it. He had Brendan Gallagher, I believe, or Christian Dvorak on a breakaway chance. And I mean, two steps ahead of the nearest defender and I, he just yeeted the pass straight into Matt Murray down the ice. Not even close. All the little things are there. And I like the Dvorak-Gallagher-Dodonov line. I think that's a line that should stick together going into the regular season right now. I think they handled their minutes well. I think they created opportunities. It's just don't overpass it. Sometimes just be a little selfish and take that shot. And also in this game, Uri Slavkovsky gets his first preseason point. He gets an assist on Jonathan Drouin's power play goal where he comes off the wall, beats Adam Gaudet through into the slot, drives to Matt Murray, shoots it, shoots a rebound. The rebound pops through and Jonathan Drouin cashes in on it. That's the kind of power work you want to see from a guy whose body is built the way that it is and the way that he can play there. Uh, just at the end of the day, the Canadians had too many mental mistakes. And even Jake Allen, who isn't one who's prone for many mental mistakes, uh, the I believe it was the 4-1 goal or the 5-1 goal. He's you know sitting on the edge of his post there, and Alex Kerfoot's along the goal line, not in a shooting position, and Allen cheats immediately to play a pass to someone who isn't there, and Kerfoot just banks it in off of him and it's a smart play. You take that chance if you're Alex Kerfoot, but for Jake Allen, that's that's not a mistake you see from him very often here. Uh, I don't want to draw too much out of this game. Again, it's preseason. The Canadians are still not even close to playing with a regular lineup, but some of these guys making their debuts tonight I thought stood out very well. Josh Anderson used his speed and his power, and I think that line with, uh, I believe he was with, Ker- uh, not Kirby Doc, he was playing a line with Sean Monaghan, it acclimated itself well. And I thought Sean Monahan, he wasn't, you know, a superstar, but I think he played well. He had his chances. He looked good. It looks like his skating's better after, you know, having massive hip surgery in the off season. So I'm happy to see these little things kind of working their way up here. Now they got to start putting everything together. The defense is far from settled at this point outside of Mike Matheson and potentially Jordan Harris. I'm not sold on a lot of the other pieces here for this Canadians defense. And at, this is kind of why I want to see everyone together a little bit and why I'm sure Kent Hughes is keeping an eye on the waiver wire, or as we will talk about in our third segment, the potential trade market for a defenseman as well. But without Joel Edmondson, it's going to be Mike Matheson eating a lot of minutes. And I think Matheson for the foibles that he has in his game, makes a lot of really smart plays, makes a lot of plays that I don't expect from a Canadian's defenseman anymore because that's just not what they've done before. Uh, I really, really enjoyed Matheson's game overall. In this game, just chuck it, throw it in the bin. Let's move on. They have the Ottawa Senators tonight, Tuesday, when you were listening to this. Uh, Nick Suzuki will be making his preseason debut. Cole Coffey will be likely to be back in the lineup. You will probably see Owen Beck and Philip Mayshar again, which... Big, big fans of that. Probably Jesse Alone and Emil Heineman. Anyone who wasn't playing tonight, we will likely see against the Senators, who are apparently also 
icing their full steam ahead lineup here. So it might get a little ugly again, but we are just three preseason games away from the regular season. And if anything happens after the show, I will have it after that game on Tuesday night. So don't worry. I will be up to date on the news when we get to that. But coming up next, we're going to talk Justin Barron. We're going to talk Arbor Jacki and the young defenseman and the burden of expectation, I think, a little bit. And that's all coming up next. But first, if you have followed our show, you know that we love Built Bar. And if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And you know what? There is a brand new flavor. It's delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. And that's right, folks. The folks at Built have done it again. It's all the joy of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making. Plus, it's healthy for you. It's only 160 calories and a whopping 15 grams of protein. So we need you to get to built.com and snag a box for you or the family. Great treat in the morning, uh, after your workout, taking the dog on a walk in the morning. You just need that little boost. Built is there for you. Covered in 100% real chocolate with a light, fluffy texture. Everything you're going to want. And we know you're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you just need that snack after your workout or whatever, stick them in the freezer. I'm telling you, it's great. So go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKDOWN15 and get 15% off your order. That's built.com, promo code LOCKDOWN15 to get 15% off your next order. We are back, and by we, I mean I. It is I, Scott Matla, who is hosting Lockdown Canadians this week. And we're going to talk a little bit now about, I think, a subject that's going to be a little bit of tough thing, or a little bit tough for some people here. Not because I don't think that they can't see what's happening, but because I think a lot of people had very high expectations for Justin Barron going into the season. And I was among them that I thought he's for sure going to be the right-handed option going into the regular season here. And having watched him at the rookie tournament in Buffalo, now watching him through the preseason, I'm becoming less and less sure of my thought of that to begin right now. I look at Justin Barron as someone who has tremendous potential, and I think he can become that right-handed defenseman the Canadians need. There's just some lapses through his game that are worrying me a little bit. I look at his mental play with and without the puck in positioning related to that. And it's becoming a problem that he's not quite hitting where I, a lot of people think he should be at this point. It's not that he's not playing fully well, just the parts of his game that aren't getting to where they need to be are much more noticeable. And against Toronto, the pairing of he and Jack Eye was not great overall. I think they had their moments, but at the end of the day, it's not quite where it needs to be. And for Justin Barron, I'm looking at him more and more and going, this is a guy who I think is in danger of losing his spot on the right side to Jordan Harris playing on his offside for one thing, and will likely start the season with the Laval Rocket. And that's not a bad thing. I think he's someone that needs some time to kind of refocus and re acclimate himself to what makes him a successful defenseman he can skate he can shoot he can quarterback the power play we know he can do these things we have seen him do these things but his reading of the game his hockey iq and everything needs a little bit of work right now it's he's struggling in that regard when he's under pressure he's not making the right reads he's not making the right passes and that's okay he's still young He is still developing. Defensemen do, on average, take longer 
than your forwards and everyone else to kind of develop into an NHL player. But for the fans, it's kind of a tough pill to swallow because he came over in a trade that sent a fan favorite, Arturi Lekin, into Colorado, where he went on to be a major player in them winning a Stanley Cup. So I get that everyone needs, or a lot of fans want Justin Barron to be good right now. So that trade doesn't sting as much. And it's it's going to. I hate to say it. It's not going to get better in the short term. Arturi Lekkinen's a bona fide NHL player. He is a Stanley Cup champion. He is a top six winger on the defending Stanley Cup champions. Justin Barron is not close to that level yet. And it's unfair to expect him to be right now. It's really unfair for us to put that burden of expectation on Justin Barron. He needs some time, though. He's not there yet. I really want him to be that top four defenseman that he can be here. And I know that he is capable of that. We've seen him do it. I see moments of brilliance for him with the puck where he is skating through all three zones and he's getting the puck in deep in the offensive zone and he's making the reads and keeping plays alive. But under pressure, he's panicking a little bit. And I don't know if it's just a coaching thing or something that he's got to work through, but he needs to kind of, you know, take a moment that just because you were under pressure does not mean just blindly fling the puck one way or the other. And he is not the only Canadian guilty of that tonight. I want to make that. This is not singling out Justin Barron. Uh, but I kind of look at his partner and I've watched the stocks kind of go the other way. Um, with Arbor Jack, I, I was kind of concerned about him coming into the preseason here. How was his composure? How was he going to handle uh, the game speed at the NHL level? And I watched him tonight against Toronto. He kind of got suckered in a little bit by Michael Bunting. And for his mistakes, I saw just as many good things uh, with and without the puck from him that I like. I watched him take real long shifts, make good defensive plays, make good offensive reads. And that's the part that is surprising me the most. His offensive acumen is far better than I thought it would be at this point in his career. And I look at him, he's physical, he's nasty. Like people do not want to be around Arbor Jack Eye when he's in a bad mood. And I think Michael Bunting uh, learned that one very quickly because Bunting gave him a lot of flack after the first Leafs goal, which congratulations, you scored on an AHL penalty kill. Good for you guys. And then the next time Jack I had him in his sights, he hammered him on the boards. He let Bunting hit him back and then he put him straight into the ice and got away with it. And Bunting didn't bother him for the rest of the game. There's a message sending from him being a young guy. I'm not going to take people's crap. And there's a lot to be said for that because he's not just some tough guy out there, you know, that only can fight and can only hit. He's showing his skating, uh, his ability to shoot in the offensive zone. His shot looks and sounds heavy. And I think that's a, something the Canadians are missing a little bit now with Shea Weber gone. I don't know if Arbor Jack guy is going to make the Canadians run out of camp, but I do think his stock is closer to being that call-up option over Justin Barron right now. And I look at the two of them as that if you had told me that before the preseason started, I would have thought you were nuts. But there's a little bit more professionalness to Jack Eye's game that I think lends itself to him being an NHL player sooner because they can call him up and they kind of know, we can put you on the third pair and this is what we're going to get. Justin Barron needs those big minutes in Laval, power play, penalty kill, 
five on five. We talked about it in our three up, three down here that those are important to him. Those are big developmental minutes and not that they wouldn't be for Arbor Jack guy as well. I expect them to be paired together for most of the season, honestly, but Justin Barron needs those more. He's lacking a bit of confidence in his game that I think he would be able to get by playing those minutes, getting some points, having success and ironing out these wrinkles in his game that he wasn't showing beforehand or have kind of popped up a little bit. That might be, it might just be yips. He's a young player after all. So I don't want to dump on Justin Barron. I think he still has a lot of upside, but I am not ready to write him off at this point. And people who are, you're reacting to sample sizes, which is not a good thing. It is the preseason. You do not write him off. You could say he needs more seasoning. That's true. That's absolutely fair. You cannot say, well, I always said this, or I always think he's going to be this. I don't think that's fair to him in this preseason game with jumbled lines and everything. But it is fair to expect him to be a little bit more polished here. And I don't think that's really a problem. Uh, That's all I got to say on the defense. I'm sure there'll be plenty more after the game against the Senators Tuesday night. We're going to move on to our final segment where Frank Cervalli had some bombs and I have some thoughts on those. And that's all coming up next. We are back. It is I, Scott Matla, solo hosting Locked On Canadians here. And now we're going to get into, you know, me kind of galaxy braining things a little bit here. Maybe not galaxy braining, but coming up with something that I think might interest Kent Hughes. If I am stepping into Kent Hughes's loafers at the Bell Center right now, and I am looking at this and the Pittsburgh Penguins have called me and said, we want to trade Pierre Olivier Joseph right now. 23 year old left shot defenseman. Uh, I don't know why they want to trade him at this point, but uh, it sounds like they're going to also be putting him potentially on waivers, which Feels just like a very weird thing to do. They already lost Redeem uh, Zorona to the Calgary Flames on waivers. And I look at Joseph's numbers in the AHL right now. In his rookie season, 17 points in 52 games, 5 points in six games with the, in 16 games with the Penguins, 13 points in 23 games, 0 points in 4 games, uh, 60. And then last year, 4 games with the Penguins, no points, 2 penalty minutes, minus 2. But with the Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins, who were not very good for most of the season, 61 games, 10 goals, 23 assists, 44 penalty minutes, plus eight, plus five points in six playoff games. The issue is the Canadians have a lot of left side defensemen, but this is someone that I can absolutely see Kent Hughes kind of taking a risk on because he plays well in transition. He can skate well. He plays a modern defensive game here. The issue is... How do you fit him into this lineup here? And he was, according to Frank Cervalli, the Penguins called all 31 teams and offered him in a trade. The issue for Montreal is they need money off the books to even bring in more bodies. I wanted them to claim Matthew Phillips. They did not. They admittedly do have far too many forwards at this point for you know that to make a ton of sense. But it, the idea is there. This is Kent Hughes' blank slate. Why not take your lottery tickets where you can get them, you know? And I think uh, P.O. Joseph is someone that might be of interest to them, depending on what the price is. And for Kent Hughes to do that, he's got to get money off the books. Which leads me to the second part of Frank Cervalli's tweet is that the Canucks are looking to trade Michael Furlan's contract. They want it off their books right now. 
And for Montreal, who has no issue taking on long-term injured reserve, Carey Price is going to be on there. Paul Byron is on there. They were using Shea Weber on there. I can see that Canadians being interested going, we will take Michael Furlan's contract, but either you're taking one of these other contracts we want to get rid of, a Mike Hoffman or whatnot, or you're paying us exorbitantly to take this contract off your book. They did it with Sean Monaghan and got a player out of it. Michael Furlan will never play hockey again due to his, you know, unfortunate concussion issues, which is a shame because if you liked a bigger, meaner Josh Anderson type player, maybe not as offensively inclined, but a guy who plays like that, Michael Furland, when he was on, was quite a treat to watch with the Calgary Flames. He drove people nuts and he did the he did those things. But at the point aside is the Canucks want to get rid of that contract. They want it off their books because they got a lot of guys they got to pay and they don't want that contract sitting around. Yeah, they can put them on LTIR, but they just want it off their books. Kind of like the Canadians with Shea Weber. They could have used Shea Weber's contract to LTIR and this and that, but why do all the loopholes and everything when you can just get rid of it? And if I'm the Canadians, I'm looking at them going, okay, you're going to send us draft picks or you're going to send us a prospect to take this off your books. We are doing you a favor. And my thought is I'm wondering if Kent Hughes isn't kind of looking at this Michael Furland contract and going, I can put him on LTIR, get that cap space for myself along with Carey Price, open up a little bit more space in our books if we want to go out and acquire a right shot defenseman, someone and give Justin Barron that time in Lavelle. And I really do think that that's, I think the Canadians have to be among the top interested teams in that. It makes too much sense for them not to be. They can accrue either more draft picks and prospects, which is what Kent Hughes is all about, or they can just kind of let this pass by. And this is the Canucks openly wanting to get rid of this. This is not, you know, a, maybe they want to move it. Maybe they don't. This just kind of reads like, I think this is something the Canadians should be in on instantly. Uh, Like I said, it's not the same as Sean Monaghan so much as that Monaghan can still play, at least from what we've seen so far. He played in a game, like physically can still play the game of hockey, and the Canadians are going to flip them. They talked about it a lot on the broadcast. Mike Johnson pointed out, if Monaghan is good to go, they're going to get picks for him at the deadline, and it's found money. This Michael Furlan contract allows them to operate an LTIR and potentially expand and find someone they're looking for out there, whether that be trade. I don't think there's much left on the free agent market at this point. So I, I really do think that the Canadians are going to be in on this. I don't think Pierre-Olivier Joseph is going to be a Montreal Canadian, at least not at this point, just because they don't need another left shot defenseman. Like they have so many on the left side already and I'm looking at the Habs uh, organizational depth chart here at Eyes on the Prize. And on the left side, it's Edmondson, Matheson, Schooneman, Harris, Luskin, and Norlander, Jack I, Fairbrother. Um, also, Caden Gooley and William Trudeau, who was sent to the Rocket Camp. Obviously, Harris has kind of shifted to the right side right now. But if they're doing that, they gotta they got to make the room for it. Like, Edmondson's obviously out, and you're not going to trade for Pierre-Olivier Joseph to have him here and block a Caden Gooley or to potentially just lose him on waivers anyways, unless you're getting him for literally nothing. Uh, but I do think that Michael Furlan contract of what Frank's reporting is, and I have no reason to doubt that it is true. There's why I don't know anything more than anybody else at this point. I do think that's something the Canadians would definitely be interested in doing and opening up that cap space for themselves. Um, let me know. 
sound off in the comments on Twitter. We are at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. I am at Scott Matla, as you can see on the screen here, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, please subscribe, hit that bell to be notified whenever we post a new episode or go live with a live stream. Like we do from time to time. Uh, we really appreciate all of you so, so much. We appreciate all of your support. I will be back after the Senators game tonight, Tuesday, when you were listening to this. We're going to recap that. We're going to take a look around some other storylines happening in the NHL. And then we're just going to keep chugging along the preseason here, folks. So uh, I appreciate you sticking with me here as I solo host this week. Uh, and as always, when you're done listening to Lockdown Canadians, please check out Lockdown NHL, where our local experts have you getting primed and ready for everything in the NHL. The latest breaking news, all the storylines that you need all in one place. Appreciate y'all, and I'll see y'all next time.